Hello and welcome back to episode number 13 of Inside the Vault, a Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Ryan Smith, your host. This podcast brought to you by the Keep Pounding Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at kppounding underscore fssn. And this podcast is also powered by the Fans First Sports Network on Twitter. Follow them at fansfirstsn. And wherever you get your podcast, you can rate and subscribe to the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash tobacco radio. Well, my latest guest here on Inside the Vault, he is the co-host of the Panthers Playbook Podcast with Dennis Cox. He's also a sports anchor and reporter for WRAL in Raleigh. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Lee TV. Thrilled to have him on. Chris Lee, welcome to Inside the Vault. How's it going, man? What's going on, Ryan? Thank you so much for, for having me today, man. Oh, so, uh, not a problem at all. It's uh, good to have someone like you on. I've been waiting to get some WRL voices on this podcast, so uh, good to get some uh, uh, someone like you on here. Let's start with um, the Panthers. Uh, we'll just get right into the 0-4 start. It's it's not pretty, but it's uh, it's we, me and you are uh, super fans. I would say of the of the team. We we both have uh, anchored history with the team. Um, Ford Field trip to Detroit this weekend on tap. So uh, before we get there, we'll preview the game. Just your overall thoughts and takeaway uh, so far from this own four start. Yeah, it's um, it's surprising to me. And, and then I have some people who are around me who are like, you shouldn't be surprised. And then I make the case that I, I should be surprised because uh, besides, you know, adding some, some pieces on the offense and a new quarterback, this is essentially the same team from last year that's Steve Wilkes made that nice run with and almost back into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, even after everything, the hope looked like it was lost after the Matt Rule thing was over and all that. And this is essentially uh, the same team, of course, minus, uh, you know, uh, uh, DJ Moore. But that's really the main piece that they're missing. And so then you look at the additions in the offseason. You have Adam Thielen, you have DJ Chark, you have Hayden Hurst, you have Miles Sanders, and then you go get um, Bryce Young uh, as a quarterback and then you're essentially coming back with the same offensive line and add some pieces to beef it up I w- and and you have this guy in Frank Reich who is uh, supposed to be uh, a great offensive mind in the NFL along with other great offensive minds who have history in the NFL the automatic thought is you're coming from one uh, coaching staff that had not a lot of NFL experience who we could you know guarantee about five wins a year out of yeah so now this team this uh, coaching staff with virtually the same team with some additions just naturally I just kind of thought okay maybe the Panthers should be good for at least eight or nine wins this year and the way it's going right now yeah the way it's going right now it doesn't look like that and so I am uh this 0-4 start has shocked me uh I thought that the Panthers would at least minimum start one and three um and at best maybe you know two and two you get one of uh you know maybe the, the falcons maybe the uh, um the saints at home and maybe lose the the next two uh but i i thought it would at least be a two and two start to give us some type of a hope but not oh and four not a donut so i it's, it's weird to me right now yeah uh, and so let's um, let's go ahead and before we preview the game, we'll just get into some of the storylines that we all know is is there. Um, Chuba versus Miles Sanders controversy. I've seen we've seen that uh, 
people are talking about Chuba, you know, running better. He's he's got more speed. He's younger. He's quicker. And then Miles Sanders, it seems he's gaining one yard, two yards to carry on the halfback dive straight straight up the middle. And uh, you know, some people say the O line's not blocking, missing Corbett, missing Christensen. Some people saying. You know, Miles needs to be used like he was in Philadelphia with the swing passes uh, to the outside, which we saw kind of in the fourth quarter. They started kind of using him in that way, but maybe too little too late in the Vikings game. But um, first, we'll, so let's start with the running backs there. What do you see from Chuba and Miles and w- where can uh, we get better going forward? Is that is that just the O-line or is that someone with the running backs as well? I think you have a combination of both of those happening um, and, and, and also add in play calling. Uh, from Frank Reich and, and just overall scheme, right? It doesn't feel like anything that the Panthers throws at defense is catching them off guard, especially if you look at uh, Bryce Young's uh, completion chart from uh, the Minnesota game. You know, everything basically 17 of his 25 completed passes were either behind the line of scrimmage or within five yards, right? So if you know that's coming, it's easy to kind of predict where to, to put your defense. But getting back to the running backs, um, yeah, I mean, it's a combination of I think that Miles Sanders is not being used the way that he was used in Philly, and it's also a combination is that along with uh, the uh, the offensive line. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with the offensive line because you have the same O line coach from last year in James Camp, and so I would I'd really like to know what's going on. You you didn't you wouldn't think that missing Austin Corbett uh, and then now uh, Brady Christensen would have that huge of a difference. Not saying that those guys are not important because they are, but you still have Bradley Bozeman and Taylor Moten who are uh, veterans. And then you have Ike Okwano who had a good end of the year last year. And you, you just kind of think that at least with those guys as anchors, whoever you play as a replacements in the hard spot um, on each side of the ball or each side of, of the line, um, that they'd be able to at least be serviceable and something great would come out of it. And I was looking at PFF grades, and, uh, of course, Ikki Aquano didn't have a great uh, game, but he was the highest-graded offensive lineman from the Minnesota Vikings game. Yeah, and right, I saw that, yeah. Then, and then Bradley Bozeman, and then Taylor Moten. And that's the part that that really, like, shocked me, because you of everybody, you think Taylor Moten's got it held down on that right side. So um, it's a combination of, of all of that. Like, it's – you know, I think Miles Sanders needs to be used better and um, and the line needs to block a lot better. And as far as Chuba Hubbard, he is, he's been a great run, runner. I think he needs to be in the best position to, to show that. Uh, I think the part that would hold him back in this offense is he's not as great catching the ball. So yeah. once he can show that he can, you know, he, we've seen him drop a lot of passes before. Once he can prove that he doesn't have to, he doesn't, he's not going to drop passes. I think he can shine in this offense or any other offense in the NFL. Yeah. And you mentioned Icky, uh, you know, some people say, you know, is he a best fit at guard? Is he, or is he more of a tackle? And as you he's said, <laughs> and as you yeah. said, the sophomore slump, it seems to be, he's experiencing right now. So, um, but we'll see if Icky can turn around. I've got faith in my, I think the coaches do too. It's just a matter of getting the continuity on the offensive line um, with um, whether that's Zavala, whether that's Corbett in about three weeks time coming back. I know fans want to have him on there this Sunday. That's just not realistic coming off the IR, which he was activated right. this week. Um, so we'll see Corbett and maybe Stefan Sullivan, the other um, one that doesn't get talked about as much. He's also activated from IR this week as well. Um, so let's get into the trade rumors. Um, we talked about um 
the running back position, but this involves wide receiver number one. You mentioned at the top of the podcast, we had DJ Moore got traded for Bryce Young, essentially in that number one pick swap uh, from nine to one. Well, is this a good idea at 0-4? Is this Scott Federer trying to really save his job? I mean, a lot of you got a lot of theories out there. A lot of people saying a lot of things. Um, you see Jerry Judy in the news. Uh, that's really, it seems like the one that people are targeting right now as that wide receiver one from Denver coming over from a Jerry system uh, in Denver. So thoughts on um, the, these rumors about getting a wide receiver, number one, and then number two, is this a good idea? Um, it is a good idea if you're not um, getting more um, draft capital, right? Because you know, the, the Panthers have lost a lot of draft capital over the last few years simply on, on quarterback, right? Like, think about it. Like, they use draft capital to go get um, Sam Durham. They use draft capital to get Baker Mayfield. They use draft capital to move up in the draft to go get Matt Corral. Yeah. None of those guys are on the roster right now. And a lot of those draft pieces that you put and then you know Bryce Young and he is on the roster, and all of those draft picks that you've uh, traded away, I think it's something like uh, I, I was talking to my co-host Dennis Cox uh, yesterday about this. Uh, I think it's something in a neighborhood of either nine or ten draft picks mm-hmm. over the last like three years on the quarterback position. So if you think about that, uh, of course you know at some point you're going to trade some. But if you could get at least, if you could have kept at least six of those, that could have been uh, somewhere else on the, on the roster where we're thin. That that could have been a contributor, a good player that they could have had right there. And it's really like it's kind of um it's it's disappointing to see. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't blame the the Panthers for trying to go out and get something. Um, of course, Scott Fetter is going to try to save his job every day. He's trying to save his job, so I'm not blaming him for that. Um, because his job is making sure the Carolina Panthers are good and that they're winning. And that's what they're not doing right now. And one of the reasons why they're not winning outside of the line, not uh, blocking outside of not creating a run game is that their wide receivers for the most part, aren't getting open. Adam Thielen is the one who is getting open. Uh, DJ Chark, of course, missed the first game with his injury. Uh, looked pretty good in the Seattle Seahawks game. Uh, okay. Uh, and when he came back against the Saints, okay, against the Vikings. But um, you'd like to see a lot more uh, from them. I think a lot of that, too, is uh, the, the play calling and the scheme. Uh, but, you know, you still need somebody who ha- who's that threat, who, that, uh, who one, can get open in the short and inter- intermediate routes, and also somebody who can potentially stretch the field. So if that's Jerry Judy, if that's T. Higgins, uh, whomever that ends up being, I think that uh, the Panthers need to figure out to bring that person in. Just don't waste more draft capital. Right. Um, so that might have to be, you know, parting with a player like Jeremy Chen or whomever else uh, to go out and get that particular person, whatever that is. But uh, they've already wasted enough draft capital, I think. Um, and so you don't need to waste any more unless you're getting something back. Right. Uh, two other players I've also seen uh, that we did not mention is Hunter Renfro is getting some uh, run and Marquise Brown yep. as well. Hollywood Brown, yep. uh, a couple of other guys as well. Um, and then the other guy that, you know, you were going down the receiver list, um, you know, LaVishka Chenault is not the most, uh, he's not a wide receiver one, obviously, but 
you know, he is someone Frank Reich talked about using in the backfield, using on like a Debo Samuel type role and doing different things with him. And we, we, haven't, seen it. we haven't seen it. So that's another guy that I think can be utilized in this offense if utilized correctly and efficiently. And then yeah. th- we can go into the tight ends. Hayden Hurst, first touchdown of Bryce Young's career in Atlanta. And then after that, where's it been? <laughs> so uh, there's a lot there. Uh, I, the I think a lot of it, I'm starting like a lot of what we've been talking about on Panthers uh, playbook is uh, like Frank Reich with the play calling and also scheme. And we were told, you know, remember they looked, the Panthers offense looked horrible in the preseason. And we were told by Frank Reich, Hey, we're not operating in our scheme. It's the preseason. So the expectations were high starting with the Atlanta game because it's like, okay, well, what we saw in the preseason isn't what we're going to see in the regular season. And honestly, the regular season has just been an extension of the preseason uh, from what we've seen. Uh, there isn't anything creative happening. There's not a lot of pre-snap motions. It's interesting because I think it was in the third or fourth quarter. Um, one of the best plays that Miles Sanders had against the Vikings was off of a, a swing pass that you saw where he uh, lined up, I believe, on the left side, kind of started to uh, to shift and, and swung around behind the quarterback was swinging around to the right side, caught the ball right there uh, on the right side. And I think because of the motion, he wasn't touched until he was five yards up the field and had a, about a seven or eight yard gain. And that right. was his best play of the game. Yeah. And uh, a lot of, and that was one of the best from the Panthers in that game. And a lot of the reason it just feels like the offense is stagnant. Once they line up, you pretty much know what they're doing. Now, maybe Adam Thielen will move a little bit to give Bryce Young a, a clue as whether they're in man or they're in zone, but they're not, they're not really shifting and really operating as a, as an, uh, as a modern NFL offense. And the thing that baffles me is the, the best play for the Panthers this season, the most explosive play that 47 yard touchdown against Seattle to DJ Chark and Frank Reich admitted that was a play design from uh, Parks Frazier, the passing game coordinator and Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown, of course, comes from the Sean McVay system, um, who's their co- offensive coordinator. And so I'm thinking, yeah, we need more of that. Now, of course, the defense also, you know, determines a lot of those things. But we need more of that. And looking at Bryce Young's chart, I go back to it. If everything is going to be within five yards or behind a line of scrimmage, the defense knows what's going to happen. It's going to be harder for guys to get open. And nobody is is uh, is on. Nobody is going to be on their heels. I, I was watching uh, the Vikings game from the press box, and Harrison Smith and the rest of that uh, you know Vikings defense, who was twenty seventh in the league heading into that game, they knew what the what the snap count was, and they were starting to jump on it. So then they they had an advantage over the offensive line because of that, because the Panthers weren't doing anything that was keeping them on their toes. So I think a lot of their problems right now, we could talk about offensive line. We could talk about not having a run game. We could talk about receivers not getting open. But a lot of it is coming down to play calling and scheme. There's nothing that the Carolina Panthers are doing that's putting stress on defenses. And I think I would live better with the four losses if the offense looked creative. It just doesn't look creative. It looks stagnant. It looks actually worse than the offense that Steve Wilkes a defensive guy helped to lead last year uh, with Ben McAdoo at the end of the season. Yep. Well, Very weird to me. 
very we'll, weird what's we'll, going on we'll get into that we'll we'll get into that here in a second um uh, before we do though uh injuries have also taken a toll as we know Shaq Thompson going down um JC Horn Brady Christensen we already mentioned um who is that biggest impact player that has gone down for the Panthers in your opinion and um has been um the most detrimental uh to what we've seen so far I would say um JC Horn yeah because um we haven't had a chance to see what he is like for a full season um, mm-hmm. since he's been drafted, and that is unfortunate. And we've also we also saw if you remember last year, um, like Horn was locking people down, and probably should be mentioned as a top ten cornerback in the NFL. And one of the biggest proofs that he was locking people down is that when he went down last year with injury. All of a sudden, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who looked horrible last year with, uh, with you know, the, the combination with Tom Brady and Mike Evans, you'd think that that'll be amazing. All of a sudden, they had their best game against the Carolina Panthers when it was C.J. Henderson and yep. uh, and, and uh, Keith Taylor, uh, <laughs> you know, as, as your cornerback. Right. So, um, you know, and, and, you know, he had his best game. Mike Evans had his best game of the, of the season. So I think uh, J.C. Horn is definitely missed. It'll be cool to see him in his young career kind of start to establish uh, as as a lockdown corner, and I think it would have definitely helped in a game like uh, this past Sunday against the Vikings, where the Panthers couldn't generate a lot of offense, uh, and maybe he could have helped to slow down, um, you know, the, uh, um, uh, the Justin Jefferson from um, from the Vikings, um, yeah. because really that was the only threat. <laughs> that the that the Vikings posed uh, on offense was in. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that because everyone's like, well, you know, two touchdowns, yeah, he caught those, but we held him to 85 yards and that's it. I mean, yeah. defense did its job. I mean, uh despite yeah. uh, those two touchdowns, but despite who we put out in the secondary, Deshaun Jameson, someone who has flashed as well, um coming yeah. from San Francisco, that waiver pickup. Yeah. Uh, he's been such a flash for them as well. And then Sam Franklin stepping up for Xavier Woods. Uh, pleasant mm-hmm. surprise. Uh, now Kirk Cousins threw the ball right to him, obviously. But uh, that was still a, a nice uh, addition there uh, in that 99-yard um, pick six to start the game. Um, now let's get into the coaching staff, and then we'll uh, get into the Lions game, get some predictions, and get you out of here. So uh, get to the coaching staff. So... I'm just going to lay it all out here and we're going to be sensible about this and we'll see how, what conclusions we can draw from here. So it seems we've already alluded to the play calling. We've already alluding to uh, the coaching staff, which we know has an offensive uh, guru uh, a guru. I should say Super Bowl champion, Frank Reich with Philadelphia Eagles, Thomas Brown coming over for the Rams, Sean McVay disciple, Josh McCown with longtime backup and starter quarterback in the league. Uh, Deuce Staley, former Philadelphia Eagles running back, Detroit Lions running back coach, coming over, Phil Mirror with Myers Sanders. We could keep going. Um, those are the main cogs. Jim Brown, uh, Caldwell, obviously, as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seems like many people. Now, Mike Kay from the Charlotte Observer, I think, has done a great job outlining this, but um, he has said this roster is very top heavy. There is not a lot of depth, and we've seen those injuries take that toll. Mm-hmm. it seems like people have had high expectations and were underperforming and they're already calling for Thomas Brown to call plays. But here's my question, regardless of what you think of that, did the Panther fans have unrealistic expectations or were they misled 
or better yet, are the fans' expectations too much given the changes that we had this offseason? New coach, new coordinators, new quarterback. Most of the entire offense is new, minus most of the offensive line coming back. Um, you Not mm-hmm. only did you lose DJ Moore, you lost CMC. Robbie mm-hmm. Anderson got shipped out. I, I mean, a lot of offensive pieces are new. And so were the fans' expectations too unrealistic, too high, or – did we get misled by the management saying it's uh we're a quarterback away. Let's drop in a rookie. He's Bryce young and let's go. I'm, I'm leaning more towards uh, misled by, by management. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that any Panthers fan should have expected a four and zero start. Um, but I don't think anybody in their right mind expected an own four start. No. So, you know, because of that, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, Panthers fans being upset, uh, and it's, it's not even just because of that. It's also, again, what I said earlier, um, you could still be 0-4, but if you're out there scoring 30 points a game and, and the offense is moving and they're kicking butt, it's just that we can't figure it out on defense or something like that. I think fans will be okay because they realize this is a, a rebuild and, and, and this is some new things kind of happening. Well, but, um, yeah, we've been in every game. That's the other frustrating thing. We've been in every game. Yeah, they've been in every game, but here here's something else though that uh that makes me a little worried and frustrated is that if it weren't for Sam Franklin's pick six, seven points, if it weren't for Kamu Gruje Hill's uh interception at the end of the second quarter, which led to the fifty six yard field goal from Eddie Pinheiro, which ended up being three points. Offense only generated three points versus versus the Minnesota Vikings. So you could say that the defense outscored the offense ten to three, right? Because the offense on their own from, you know, getting the ball off of a kickoff or a punt or whatever, uh, which in that case was a kickoff, uh, marched down the field to get three points, and that was in the first quarter. And after that, they didn't do it on their own. Um, That is something that I am concerned about. And, again, for this offensive staff, you would think that they would be able to score more points. Of course, they scored more points in the the, uh, Seahawks game, which is, again, uh, an example of I'm not mad at that game because – they, they took their shots, um, they moved, went down the field, and there was some scoring happening. There really hasn't been scoring in the three other games. Now, Bryce Young has been the one in those games, and so it feels almost, too, like Frank Reich called a different game for Andy Dalton than what he does for Bryce Young because Bryce Young doesn't have bad numbers. 25-32 passing. He's, he's improved uh, every game the uh, slowly. He's, yeah. he's getting better, but he doesn't have time. He doesn't have people to throw to. And, of course, he's going to make some rookie mistakes uh, along the way because he is a rookie. Um, so I, I think a lot of it would be the, the staff because, again, um, with a lot of this same crew from last year, uh, you would expect, from what I said at the beginning, that maybe they're at least a game or two better than last year. And right now it's not looking like they'll even get even anywhere close to the amount of wins that they had in 2022. And one final point to add to that, too. Um is the how do I say this is Frank Reich I don't want to say handcuffing is not the right word is he putting yes he is <laughs> is there training <laughs> is there training wheels still on Bryce Young do we need to put the training wheels off and let Bryce cook as they used to say with Seattle uh and Russell Wilson let uh let Bryce cook is it the training wheels do we need to get the training wheels off and and let the rookie quarterback sink or swim make mistakes growing pains whatever you want to call it um what's happening it feels like it it feels like it because like again 
I don't think the Carolina Panthers are doing anything creative. Uh, one of the things that you see with uh, Tampa Bay right now with Baker Mayfield or some other quarterbacks who are on the smaller level, sometimes you you move the pocket. So we don't see a lot of plays right now. You've seen a few. You don't see a lot of plays from the Panthers where, you know, they're, they're snapping the ball and, you know, Bryce Young is moving and the pocket's moving with them, creating havoc on the defense, and all of a sudden maybe he's hitting a receiver uh, on the move or crossing field or whatever. Um, you, you're not seeing him being – you're not seeing them trying to establish him. Now I'm not saying you need to do this like they did with Cam Newton, but you're not seeing them establishing him as a potential run threat. So um, one of the things I kind of thought was pointless – and their run game attempts was every time Bryce Young hands it off, he's running like he's a potential run threat. Well, he never got the ball, you know, took the ball and, and ran it. There's not, there was not one play that looked like it was called for Bryce Young to run the ball. Again, I'm not suggesting that this is something they do 10 times a game, maybe once or twice, just to keep the defense on their toes. Cause we've seen, Bryce Young can juke some people out, right? We saw and, the Saints game. Yeah. Uh, you, we get it. You get him in space. Uh, he's got to learn how to slide. Uh, but if you get him in space and he can slide down, that could put some stress on the defense because they don't know what's happening. And now there, there's somebody extra for them to account for. So um, I just think that um, I think right now it, a lot of it just comes down to just using uh, the folks that you have better and with and and using them to their strengths. We're, we're not seeing that with LaVisca Chenault, Bryce Young, uh, DJ Chark, uh, 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 Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, the list goes on. Yeah. So um, let's get into that Detroit game now. Uh, this Sunday, going to Ford Field, trip to the Motor City. Um, I, it, this is a very winnable game. And uh, I know the Panthers are a big underdog. Um, you think considering... so? <laughs> well, let, let me explain. So now we, we beat them last year at the Bank of America Stadium, yes, but we did beat uh, the, the most of the same guys on this team. Uh, Amara St. Brown uh, is looking like may not be gonna, may not be playing. Uh, he hasn't practiced uh, all this week. One second. Ryan. Sorry about that. Um, and so we'll see. That's a big break uh, for the Panthers there. But um, here's why I think it's winnable. If you can establish the run, if you can get your guys going, and, um, you know, there might be uh, a guy named Tariq Cohen might be coming up this week. Uh, we'll see if he is uh, able to come up uh, and make the trip and we'll get some speed into this offense. Um, that's kind of why yeah. I think it's winnable. But... <sighs> At the end of the day, this might be the most Panther thing ever. We've seen this in the past where they win the games that they're not supposed to win, and yet they lose the games that they're supposed to win. So that's another reason why I think it's winnable because it would be the very Panther thing to do. Uh, they, they've done that so many times in, in, in our uh, in our fandom. So, um, so my question to you is um, three things that the Panthers need to change and do on Sunday to come out with a victory in the Motor City. Um, I think uh, let's start on defense, and that 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 is going to be a short one. Uh, David Montgomery is uh, looking good in the run game, and we've seen that if there is a weakness on the Panthers' defense, it's uh, it's their run defense. And you know, it felt like more, but the the uh, Vikings were getting almost six yards per carry uh, on Sunday, 
you're not going to be able to do that. And the Vikings just, for some reason, even though they were running the ball well, only possessed the ball for a little bit over 21 minutes. The Panthers had it 39, 38 and a half, mm-hmm. uh, which is weird. Uh, a good team like the Lions, if they're running the ball that well, uh, you're going to see time of possession flipped and our defense is going to stay on the field and they'll be tired. And that's not going to look good for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. So I want to see that. On offense, uh, one, offensive line, protect and push the line, yes. right? Like Bryce Young needs to stay upright as much as possible. Uh, don't let Aiden Hutchinson or anybody else get near him. Uh, and then also uh, make some room so that Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, maybe Tariq Cohen, maybe Raheem Blacks here, who knows? Uh, maybe uh, um, uh, LaVisca Chenault, if he's coming out the backfield. Uh, whoever is going to have the ball in their hands, make sure that they have some lanes so they can make some things happen. And then I would say um, the last one is uh, Frank Reich. I hope that you guys, that you and the coaching staff have figured out ways to uh, push the ball down the field, right? Um, we we don't need to see, um, you know, 65%, 70% of your completions being behind the line of scrimmage or within five, you know, yards. Um, of course, a lot of those are going to happen in a short game, but man, like you can't get too predictable because that's not going to help Bryce out. That's not going to help your offense out. Please get it down the field a little bit. Yeah. Um, we'll get you out of here with some predictions. And again, so great to have you on uh, here on Inside the Vault and taking some time with us here. Um, first, uh, Brian Burns, I, I did not uh, ask you this question. If you've listened to any of my epi- our episodes here, we have asked this about the new contract. Uh, it now looks like this is going to be an off-season thing at this point unless they reopen negotiations or depending on how bad the Panthers are the rest of the season – he might get traded. So what's your prediction? Does he get traded? Does he stay in Carolina? Get a slap the franchise tag on him? Do they get the long-term deal done after the season? What's your prediction there? Uh, franchise tag. And then eventually they get a deal done. Um, but it might, it might look ugly for a little bit there, but I think um, especially for the fact that you passed on two firsts uh, for him last year, uh, yeah. reportedly. Um, now you can't, backtrack because I don't think you're going to get two first form this year. Maybe you could. I mean, if you do, then, hey, Godspeed. But I don't think you get rid of him. Uh, you need him on the defense. Um, and you need a, an edge rusher. So, um, you know, I think franchise tag and then eventually a deal gets done. Yeah. Um, overall thoughts on uh, the rest of the seasons um, as far as not wins and losses necessarily. I'm saying expectations, what fans can expect as Bryce and this team grows uh, together, uh, especially in his rookie year at quarterback? Well, here's something interesting about Frank Reich. I can't remember the exact number, but I know that uh, he uh, isn't very good in the month of September. I know we're in October now, but he typically has slow starts to the season with uh, as a head coach. Uh, so I expect the the Panthers to go into the bye week at Olympia. Uh, but then you come out and you have that Houston game. Then you have Indianapolis. You have Chicago. Dallas will be tough. You have Tennessee. You have Tampa again. You have Orleans. You have Atlanta. I think there's some winnable games in that stretch right there. Very winnable. Um, yes. And and I, I'll even put Indianapolis there as well. So um, I think that um, I, I really want to see how – it's not about how you start. I really think it's how you finish. And I want to see how a Frank Reich-led team – is able to come out of this bye week and uh, and and readjust 
and, and show what they can do uh, to the world. I mean, that is what they're talking about in practice is the Detroit Lions, actually, their opponent this week and what they did last year, starting one and seven and then finishing nine and eight. Yes, they mm-hmm. missed the playoffs barely, yep. but they still did it. They won nine. So one of the reasons was because of that Panthers loss. It was. <laughs> yes. Ironically. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah. So they're taking that inspiration from the Lions uh, as they get prepared for this game. Um so I'm going to just ask you straight up, though, uh, even if you uh, you can plead the fifth if you want. Um, when is the next W on this schedule? When, when do you think uh, that W comes? Um, I, I think it has to come October 29th when, when Houston comes in town. Um, hopefully know, before then, it, but if not then, yes. <laughs> hope, hopefully before then, but I, I think that by the time that game comes, if you don't have one, that has to be it because – then you have the number two overall pick. Then you have the number four overall pick coming in the very next week. And I don't think any of the problems that's happening right now is the fault of Bryce Young whatsoever. So let me put that out there. But if you already have, let's say you go into the bye week 0-6, you come out of it and you have the number one overall pick versus the number two overall pick and Bryce lose, and, and Carolina Panthers lose that, man, Panthers fans are going to start getting off that Bryce train. They shouldn't. Because I don't think anything happening right now is his fault. But that's what's going to happen. Then yeah. you have the number four overall pick that will come in the very next week. And you lose that one? Boy. So, and the thought process, we could have had those guys. So, I think at least minimum, October 29th versus the Texans at home, you need to win that one. There you go. Well, that is a good place to end it. As I said at the top, uh, my guest today has been Chris Lee of WRAL. Uh, sports anchor and reporter in Raleigh. He's also the Panthers playbook co-host with Dennis Cox. Um, Chris, all the, the best. Take Matt man. rule as people know him as. Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Chris, all the best. Thanks for coming on. Was there anything else you wanted to plug uh, since we got you? Uh, just Panthers playbook. Look at it on uh, uh, get wherever you get your podcast. It's also on YouTube and YouTube is where people tend to like us at a lot more. So it's getting some good numbers. So reaches there. Awesome. Well, uh, that will wrap up episode number 13 here on uh, Inside the Vault, a Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Smith. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and we will see you next time.